Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. I'm here with my friend, Christina Ammerman. She's a master mindset healer and also queen of the world. <laughs> you actually <laughs> said it. I love it. You Thank knew you. as soon as you said it, of course I was going to say it. <laughs> when you ask someone, how should I address you? And they tell you, by golly, you listen. <laughs> Well, thank you for honoring what I said, and thanks for having me here. I've been so excited for how many weeks ago has it been that we've had this on the calendar? It's and been a while. I think I'm I've excited. rehearsed this conversation like four times. So as I said to you earlier today, I'm excited to see what version of it that will be totally unlike any yes. that we already had in my head exactly. will actually come out. Yeah. I I said I did the same thing because we went back and forth. What are we going to talk about? And so, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what unfolds. So before we get started, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about you so they can know who you are. Hmm. That's um, an open question. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the part I didn't rehearse. Yes. I didn't prepare ah! for. Um, what to know about me? Um, well, why don't we start out with what is a master mindset healer? Okay. that's, that's Thank you for that direction. You're welcome, girl. I got I'm like, you. Well, I don't know. What do people want to know? Where do I start? Yeah. I um, think that's a good place to start. And also, I would, because of just knowing you and sharing a little bit of your story, I think if you tell us what that is and then just kind of what that's all about to you, because I think that'll give everyone a good idea of who you are as a person, okay. what you're about. Okay. Uh, so Master Mindset Healer is a is a title I've given myself. Like it's, it, it's one of those, the IRS does not have a category for this. Facebook doesn't have a category for this. I'm always, I'm always awesome. choosing other on, on ah, everything. Very good. Um, so what it's about is helping you change your, well, if we look at what we mean by mindset, it's mm -hmm. it's your thoughts and it's your emotions and mm -hmm. really the emotions that drive what you think and how you perceive the world and how you perceive yourself, um, which is so incredibly important because whether you're enjoying life or not, yeah. whether you're getting what you want out of life or not, all all ties back to how are you perceiving things? How, who you are as a person, a friend, a parent. A spouse, right? It's all connected to how you see things. It absolutely is. Uh, the The basis of my work is we, you know, they uh, the, that all of this gets formed in the so called formative years, mm -hmm. ages zero to seven. Oh, I'm Be just thinking, my kid, I'm like thinking how old my kids yeah. are. I'm like, shoot, they're all getting out of that age. Yeah. Have I totally screwed them up? So, and and the reason why the ages zero to seven are uh -huh. the formative years is because of the the stages in which the the brain forms. Mm -hmm. and we don't actually get our critical thinking abilities until age seven, or that's okay. when they finish forming. So, from ages zero to seven. You're, each of us was a sponge, just like absorbing, mimicking the people around us, especially mm -hmm. our authority figures, which are usually our parents, mm -hmm. and of course, in the beginning, and then teachers and ministers as we get older tend mm -hmm. to be other authority figures mm -hmm. for people. And so how we see the world, um, how we interpret behaviors of other people, what we consider right and wrong, what we consider appropriate for uh, different roles like mom, mm -hmm. teacher, business person, all of that. Mm -hmm. So much of that, it, we almost like inherit yeah. from our parents in childhood. 
And now we're acting it out as adults. But it's so ingrained in us Mm -hmm. that we don't even realize most of the time why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a guy out there, a a scientist, teacher, person named Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. I listened to a webinar once that he did. He said, as you go throughout your day, um, only 5% of what you do and why you do it is governed by your conscious mind. The other 95%, 95%, you're not even aware what you're doing or why you're doing it. Hmm. Now, I'm sure a part of that, that may include like you're not, you're not thinking about your breathing and your digestion. Oh, yeah, that yeah, may yeah. be a Walking, chunk of the yeah. 95%. True, true, yeah. Um, but still, I think that leaves so much room yeah. for those subconscious thoughts yeah. and feelings that are barely blips on the radar in, yeah. in our mind but have such an impact on us. Wow. Yeah. I feel like we need to take a second to absorb all that. It's good. It's good stuff because that is – we were just talking before we started about how we both are kind of the peel back the layer people. Yeah. And so I feel – I was joking this morning when I was talking about my – just kind of what I've learned about vulnerability and how other people have studied it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've had lots of education with that. And I feel like, oh, I just use my life experience of – potty accidents and things like that to, <laughs> to kind of learn. But I, that's why I love having these kind of conversations with people who, like you and I have talked about, we have very similar views. We come at them sometimes differently. So I love that because it is more educational and it's more growth, you know, growth mindset of having new thoughts and and then confirming, like I said, things that you kind of feel, you know, you, you as I'm peeling back the layers, it's not based on anything scientific or, you know, research. It's more just, I know I've got to have a reason in here somewhere, so I might as well pull it back. Yeah. And, and, you know, even, uh, um, my perspective on it or, or what, what informs what I do is, is also not based a whole lot on formal education. Mm -hmm. Um, it's probably started with me being my own test case, my own Mm, case study, like seeing it, it really started or, or it, it really, yeah, it became a necessity when I started my own business back Mm -hmm. in 2006. And when I would see, see myself lay out clear plans for like how to market the business, how to, how to do something in the business and then not follow through on those plans. Like you would mean to like, it's the, and then, so like you would have it and then just for whatever reason, not complete the goal. Yeah. Okay. You know, like have a, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. like have a, a, a program I want to launch in my business and be able to like end to end plan out, okay, well, I need to market it mm-hmm. and here are the platforms I'm going to market it on and here are the types of messages that I need to send out by mm-hmm. email or social media or whatever. And then, okay, well, and then I need to actually execute the program. So mm-hmm. here are the, going to be the steps to onboard people and here's what the content of the program is going yeah. to be. And like I would get that all written you out. You would do all the pre-work. I would do all all the pre-work, all the planning, all the figuring out, and then and and then nothing. Like then just get hugely distracted. Mm. And next thing I know, you know, it's it's a month later and I'm like, what the heck what the heck happened to that project? Yeah. And and so then I would look at myself and be like, well, you're so freaking smart. How yeah. how can you know all of this stuff and get it all figured yeah. out? 
and then not do it. Like what's I would I would get so beyond frustrated, like blameful yeah. Yeah. with myself and really like just pile on the guilt and shame. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, guilt and shame. And yes. um and I can't even say I went looking for a way to get over that. It was really like it was given to me. I mm. really I really honor the role of God in my life uh-huh. to hand me what I needed at the moment yeah. where it was either do this or you're going to totally miss the boat on your life purpose. Mm. So like um, as it happened, so my business started as massage therapy and Reiki, which and is- And that's form- when we met each other because that was back in 2008-ish we met, I think. Yes. So that was soon after you started your business. Yeah, so I would, I would have met. been a, a couple years in at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was probably right at, so probably right at the moment where I was hit that first big stuck point yeah. that a friend of mine out of nowhere said, Hey, I've got this friend who's teaching this thing called theta healing. It's another form of energy healing and mm-hmm. thought you might be interested in it. And at first I was like, no, no, not in, no. I know everything I need to know. Cause I, are you very, you're, you're very sciencey. Were you science? I can't remember. You have to refresh my memory, but um, I'm actually both now. My background before I became a healer, I have a bachelor of science in computer science. That's, engineering. that's what it was. Because I I remember when I met you, it was like, wait, she's like computer science engineering, and then she's like talking about energy healing. Yeah. Like what? I need to know more about this person. How did this all come together? Yeah. Well, and that's that's an awesome story unto itself. You want to hear that story? Yeah, I do. So, yes, I want to make sure we wrap up what we were talking about. Oh, so you started to get into the Reiki. Oh, no, no. The theta healing. So basically, theta healing was the first new form of energy healing that I was introduced to. A friend showed up with this, hey, here's this idea for this class you might want to take. And at first, I was like, no, no way. And and. It's funny to me because now I know when I have resistance that strong yes. to something, I know it's it's actually a yes and it's just my ego popping up and saying, no, that's going to create too much growth, not ready to go there, stay small and stay safe instead. Ooh, okay. This is another moment where we need to stop and pause. We're going to have a lot of those because I'm full of them. <laughs> so because on um, Gretchen, on, her, on our podcast that we did, um, episode seven – She said, if something rattles you, it's because it resonates with you. Mm -hmm. So repeat what you said is that when when you have resistance towards doing something. Yeah. Uh, Now I can't remember what words I use. That's okay. Yeah. When when I have that strong a reaction and a resistance to something, then I know it's actually something I need to do and and that it's going to create great growth for me. Okay. So here's a question for you. Uh Uh-huh. So just to give the listeners a little background. So we talked earlier about kind of we didn't know exactly where this would go. And but Christine and I are both passionate about talking about things that sometimes feel hard or that you wouldn't ask. And so I'm very excited that we have this time together. So I my question is kind of one of those I feel like I could easily skim over it, but I want to take advantage of our awesome opportunity together. So you said when you have that feeling, it it means you need to do it. And I love that. I I like I feel like I can relate to that. I feel that there's a part of me that's thinking, well, but how do you know that that's not the, you know, feeling inside, whether it's the intuition, Holy Spirit, whatever, you know, you choose to how you view life. How do you know that that's not a, hey, this is not good? What's your... 
because spirit never tells us no. Spirit is only ever moving us toward the yeses. And so it's either a yes or it's no signal at all. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And one of the ways that I know that that's true Mm -hmm. is because whatever is true spiritually is also true scientifically. Hmm. And and what we think of as spirit mm-hmm. is is it's growth. It's, spirit is always gr- moving us toward growth. That's the spiritual side of things. Meanwhile, scientifically, we are in an ever expanding universe. Mm-hmm. Our whole universe is expanding outward from one single point, and so. Because it, it, because spirit and science would be doing the same thing, mm-hmm. they'd have to be in alignment with each other. They ca- there can be no force that is offering the message contract hmm. if everything is naturally expanding. So when we're told to contract, it's coming from inside us. It's coming from fear. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that more because that's <laughs> a lot. So you know what I would love to chat about? Um because we we kind of didn't know exactly where we were going today. But I would love to hear more about the energy healing and thoughts on that and all that. And also kind of with, we talked earlier about kind of God, because you and I were very similar with so many of our mindsets, but we might come at them a little differently. And that's kind of something that we said in polite conversation, it causes us to kind of have a little what do you call pause or whatnot yeah something that's supposed to like a rule a social rule that was put in place for the sake of politeness and avoiding conflict has actually become a taboo like it's become taboo to talk about god yes and 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 how crazy is that when god uh, for people who who have faith of any kind Mm -hmm. god is so important but Mm -hmm. we've turned god into a taboo yes yes and that's, I think, why I'm excited to lean into this today. And it's funny because I said before, I was like, okay, I'm kind of nervous because I didn't know. I couldn't put my finger on it. And now with what you said earlier, I'm like, oh, I think it's just because it's that internal fear of like, you know, I don't know, I don't know, screwing up or something like that. I can't think of the right word. But um but what I'm trying to change my mindset with is that I feel like I grew up very, um, you know, I grew up in the church and whatnot, but like very open-minded, like loved hearing from people and difference. And then I feel like as I got maybe in my 20s-ish, it kind of felt like I need, like, I don't know why necessarily, but maybe outside forces that it's like, this is kind of the way to think. And I feel like the last few years have been, I, that doesn't feel I I think that God created everyone, everything. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't want us to learn and grow from them, why are we all here together? So it's like I'm feeling better about listening to other people. And I think that's maybe also part of maturing is that you can hear other people's views and learn and grow from them, even if they're not the exact same as yours. What do you 
I think I'm trying to, my mind saying, was there a question in there? <laughs> no, no, just, just kind of throwing out on the wall where I'm at. Like, it's just, that's just kind of my own journey. Yeah. Like not wanting to pigeonhole, like only talk about this thing. And so I guess to kind of bring back the point and to get to the question, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so for example, I feel like if someone, br- and you can attest to this, if you bring up something like energy healing, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm sure you've seen it and I've experienced it, This it's like, oh, I can't talk about that. That's not in line with my spiritual views or my, you know, right. thing. And so I guess I'd like to lean into that a little bit more because, yeah, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that. Like how... Just tell me more about it. I, I have so many thoughts about it, so I think yeah. I'm 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 looking for you to like lead me in a direction with it. I don't know exactly. Otherwise, this will be a three hour. Po- I know. Podcast I know. Episode. All right, listeners, buckle up. No. <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with this. Okay, so let's start with what is the energy healing? Let's start there, and then let's just start there. Let's okay. do that one step at a time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and even that has, there's so many ways I can I know, answer that. It I depends know. on the audience. So I will, you know, what I'm going to do for the sake of this is yeah. I'm going to, if it's okay, kind of, I can feel my mind wanting to answer this in a way that's going to satisfy your whole audience. And yeah. that's not working for me. Yeah. So I really, um, I'm realizing what I need to do is just tune into this being a conversation between me and you yeah. and answer like that yeah. way too. I can like, we can feel into, okay, how are we responding to each yes. other as we're having this conversation about yeah. a really awesome topic that has yes. potential to also be really sticky and icky Ooh. at certain moments. And and I'm actually glad you just said that because um, one of our, one of my friends said that when she listened to the podcast, she feels like it's like listening to someone have coffee in a coffee shop, like uh-huh. friends have coffee in the coffee shop and overhearing it. So I think that that's a good way to look at it because- you know, today's podcast is a little bit different because we're not going through just straight out. Like, I mean, I think you could give such good <laughs> advice on so many topics. Um, but because today we're kind of going at a different angle, I think that's good because then it's like, hey, let's just, I'm figuring this out. You're figuring this out. And if people want to kind of go on this journey with us, then here, we're here. Yeah. You're and here. and if this turns out to be the, the episode that didn't resonate with them and, you know, they hit stop halfway through, well... Yeah. <laughs> Good thing that wasn't the video <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I just made a gesture just as a joke, but maybe serious. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's just my own anxiety being released. So Good. Okay. So okay. So, so what is energy he- healing? What is energy healing? Um well, I you would one might think I have an easy answer to that since I've been doing it for 15 years and what I find instead is the further I get into it the less clear I am yes. on how to answer that question okay. because it is so much. Um but let me let me take a stab at yeah, it. Yeah, take a stab. Um so energy healing is <sighs> <laughs> Dead air. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I think I just telepathed you the whole answer. Did, did you hear so, that? <laughs> okay. So I will tell you what I'm – okay. So as I said, it's almost like I feel – because of the way, you know, you hear circles of people talk about things. To me, energy healing was in the category of kind of like, oh, no, that's that's yeah. that. We'll just say woo-woo. That's like a nice way to say. That's that woo-woo stuff. 
But then, you know, just like with meditation, prayer, whatever, it's Mm -hmm. like you can't go wrong. I feel like no matter what your faith is, like on focusing on, you know, your creator. Yeah. So, um, and, and pausing and being quiet, you know, so things like that. And so, you know, the more where let's say 10 years ago, if if you heard the word meditation, it's like, oh, don't, we can't, we can't, no, I I don't meditate. I pray like, okay. For me, I can kind of say, I can see, I guess I can take from it, you know? So with energy healing, let's say 10 years ago, it was like, Oh, that's that woo-woo stuff. Well, now I just saw something on um, Facebook today. It said, if talking to a plant helps it grow better, um, like talking positively to a plant helps it grow better, imagine how we talk to people. So it got me thinking. I'm like, that's funny. I saw that today. That doesn't seem like a coincidence that you're coming in today. Because I feel like my nature would be to say, energy healing? Like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. But then... As I get older and kind of just see more, it's like there is power in, I mean, I feel like prayer, like prayer is positive, Yeah, you know, um, things and the, the silly plant thing on Facebook. It's like, oh, is that like, it makes me want to Google it now. Like, is that legit? I know I've seen right. it, but like, is that scientifically proven? And well, if that must be true for that, how can it, you know? So I guess I feel like I'm more in like, huh. There must be something there. Maybe that's my point. Like, yeah. So I don't need to be afraid of this. No. Maybe that's part. Maybe that's like for me, my growth and why it's like going from, oh, this is different. So therefore, I need to keep it at an arm's length to I can learn about this and be open to it and and even benefit from it. Yeah. And and I'm gl- thank you for filling in that that dead air <laughs> moment because it gave me a moment to check in with like why was I afraid to come up with an answer why because there's nothing I love talking about more than what I do yeah. so for me to have that moment of I have no words to say yeah. I was like okay I'm blocking myself for some reason and it's because I have that perspective that says um, there is. There is one God that we are all, you know, that is, that is the source of everything. Mm-hmm. And we're just all, we're calling God by different names. We, we've been taught different traditions for how to respect God and connect with God. But underneath it all, every human being is reaching for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we want to be loved. We want to be worthy. We want to be powerful. We want to enjoy our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so... This 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 thing called energy healing, which is more of a field of things versus one specific thing. Okay. To me, it's very much a, a spiritual tool, a spiritual mm-hmm. experience. And my hesitation was, okay, so do I explain this in terms of like, do I use my language or your language yeah. or put a lot of energy into like trying to justify how it is the same, you know, like yeah. it, it, it is the same thing because I'll – to start answering the question, it's interesting. Just by, the, I mean, that was in, that in and of itself was interesting. Like, 
that like, that even went through your head? Yeah, the whose language do I use? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something interesting. That's something I do naturally. Um, yeah. Is I try to speak the other person's language. So yeah. to make it easier for them to understand me just like if if you know if your primary language was german mm-hmm. and you didn't know english it wouldn't do any good for me to speak english to mm-hmm. you also wouldn't do any good for me to try to speak german to you since i don't know german mm-hmm. then i don't know why i picked german but anyway i'm going to a german restaurant on sunday with oh, my family so that's really crazy that you said german and i lived in germany for a few years so perfect well see there's <laughs> there's no accidents see um yeah so usually the way usually the way that i do things is I'll put, you know, I'll explain things in the context that the listener is going to understand. And there's something in me tonight that is suddenly like, no, let's not do it that way. Let's, let's use my natural language. And I don't know which is better, which is like, which is right. So I think just jump into it. Just jump into it. I really like that perspective, though. And so I think that you should use whatever language you want to use. But I think that that's pretty cool that you can even do that because I think it shows that what you're doing can, can be trans, uh, universal. Yeah. Universal. Yeah. Cause you know, cause I feel like it, like just using the term new age, I don't know if that's a term that's used anymore. Or it is. I feel like that feels. And so correct me if I'm wrong. Cause what I'm understanding is like, I would have put new age in a category where now it feels like, uh, maybe it is. I don't know. But like, there's things that are universal. I don't know. But I guess that could be true for anything. So I don't know what I exactly meant by that. Yeah. But. And I don't know that everybody uses the term new age the same yeah. way. I think in a lot of contexts, it's it's a synonym for spiritual, but not religious or spiritual, yeah. but not Christian specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot in the new age category that borrows from Hinduism mm-hmm. and yoga and all of that. And, and in fact... <laughs> There's going to be a lot of rabbit holes and, and side yeah. tangents, but what just popped in my head is um, when I was looking at um, expanding Zenquility, that my yeah. former brick, former brick and mortar business, when I was looking at expanding into retail, one of my frustrations was um, I could go to my uh, wholesale distributors and I could get um, stuff that had like Hindu gods and goddesses and Buddhist stuff mm-hmm. and yoga stuff. None of them carried Christian stuff. Mm. And it was really important to me to honor all paths. And it's a frustration I have with the the new age world that they, they there is there is something to, okay, Christians are are separated in certain people's minds. And and I want to bridge that gap. I think all paths lead to the same truth. I think that's really cool. That's very interesting. Cause I think that yeah, I think people would feel I would I would say that I would be surprised that you would say that. So that's interesting. I'm not surprised because we've had so many interactions. So I'm not surprised by that, but I let's just like rewind a few years. I would have been surprised by that. Which cuz I would have thought, "Oh, well, how do how does my we'll say uh core values, tr- you know, my truth, how does how can we sync up?" I would have thought it wasn't an option. Yeah. And I love that. Like, wait, so you're telling me we can connect? Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. That's the whole point of the dang podcast, people. Yeah. (laughs) 
So for example, tracing back up the tangent to what is energy healing, one of the ways I sometimes describe it to people is it's pretty much the same thing as faith healing, at least from my outsider perspective of what faith healing is. Mm. My understanding is there there are Christian churches where people lay hands on people Mm -hmm. and it promotes healing. It creates a a miracle Mm. or facilitates a miracle or, you know, whatever the most acceptable language is there. And really the idea here is when something like that is possible and when something like that is in the highest and best good for everyone, it pops up all over the world in all different ways. So Reiki, for example, which is a popular um, energy healing technique that is from Japan, it's a laying on of the hands mm-hmm. and it, where the practitioner connects with God mm-hmm. um, to get their own egos out of the way and become mm-hmm. a channel for pure, loving, healing energy. It just happened to be created in Japan by a man who, who didn't, uh, instead of referring to God, they mm-hmm. refer to ki. Uh, K-I is the word. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a word that means energy. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to people about energy healing, Mm -hmm. they're going to use the language that sounds a lot like they're connecting to God Mm -hmm. to help, you know, with it, like to help people heal, to Mm -hmm. be a facilitator or a channel. I don't know that there's any energy healer, certainly none that I've ever met, who Mm -hmm. believes that they themselves are doing the healing. We all Mm -hmm. believe that we're channels. Hmm. And anybody who doesn't shouldn't be doing energy healing because it's not going to work right. Oh, interesting. That's my two cents anyway. Very cool. Very cool. It's just so, it's so, it's just interesting. And I'm, I'm thinking of like Jacqueline and I's chat, you know, and how she kind of went on this, how she kind of grew into this. So I'd love to hear kind of like, what has been your evolution of, you know, cause I said with her, it was like, how did you get here? So you were a computer science engineer. Yeah. And now we're talking about energy healing, which makes sense to you. And I know when you share your story, it'll make sense. But I would say on paper, those two seem very far away. Right. Um, On paper. So you you bridge the gap. Tell us, share some of your journey. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Well, and and I feel like I should probably start with, I grew up Catholic. Okay. And I was such a devoted Catholic that mm-hmm. um, when I was, I think I was 16, I know I was in high school, um, one other girl in my, in my church and I, we got commissioned to be Eucharistic ministers, the mm-hmm. ones who give out the, yeah. the communion. Very young mm-hmm. Eucharistic ministers, yeah. but I was like such the, 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 the good follower, the good young, young yeah, Catholic model person. Student, yeah. Yes. Uh, that when, I don't know whose idea it was mm-hmm. to, to have such young people do it, but I was like, oh, you find me worthy of that? Great. I'll do it. And <laughs> There's then, a part of me, by the way, that I'm like, they may have needed the extra help. <laughs> <laughs> all the, all you, the adults you were worthy. No. <laughs> you were worthy. <laughs> no. Um, and then, then I went to college okay. and I got out of that bubble of yeah. really of, of being in my family and yeah. in my home, my, my parents' home, yeah. um, out from underneath my father's strong influence. Mm. And I started asking myself questions about, mm. well, what do I believe? And it actually started really with the political side of the church mm-hmm. because as a freshman in college, I was in a social justice program and, oh, okay. and this was, uh, 1992, 93. So, mm-hmm. um, like, 
gay rights weren't like it was not what it is now like yeah. it was something that had to be like conversations had to be forced yeah um so for us to have a cl- have classes yeah. w- where we were talking about gay rights and poverty and racism like where'd that- you go to school by the way bucknell university oh, yeah i applied Pens- there <laughs> <laughs> um and so being in those classes helped me realize how misogynistic and homophobic the Catholic Church was. Uh-huh. And I'm someone where if I'm going to associate with an organization, I have yeah. to be 100% on board yeah. with what they represent. So I wrote a, fo- a, a letter home to my parents to, um, to say, Mom and Dad, I'm not Catholic anymore. And my father wrote back. And this ends up influencing like 20, the next wow. 20 years of my life. My father wrote back and said, I don't remember it verbatim, but it was basically, you'll come back. You'll figure out that you've made the, the wrong decision and you'll come back. Um, which hurt yeah. not having my father's um, approval, you know, yeah. having him basically say, I love yeah. you, but you're, but you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, but that, that then opened the door to me questioning everything. Like mm-hmm. who was, who, who is this Jesus guy? Did mm-hmm. he really exist? Mm-hmm. And by the time I got out of college, I was never completely an atheist, mm-hmm. but I, I was probably an agnostic or a humanist. Mm-hmm. I always believed in the goodness of people. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, I have faith that I can walk down the street and nobody's going to mug me. I have mm-hmm. faith that people are inherently good. Mm-hmm. But I spent all of my 20s uh, like n- not even wanting to use the G word. You know, okay. the word God did not escape my mm-hmm. lips. And... In the meantime, I was Mm -hmm. an IT programmer working in the hardcore, you know, Mm -hmm. computer IT world. And I ended up on this project um, rebuilding the, like, core computer systems for a a major company um, that I can't name. (laughs) Please don't. We do not want to get sued. And I was on that project for two and a half years Mm because it was basically a train wreck that had been underbid. And so they were trying to cut corners, but then that was affecting deadlines. And now, how many listeners are trying to put their minds together to see which company this is? <laughs> Nobody. I did for about one second. Oh, really? And then, and then I was like, wait, I have no knowledge of any of this stuff. Why am I even going on this tangent in my head? That's funny. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't um, mean to go ahead. And I realized the only way I was going to get off this project was to leave the company. Mm-hmm. So this was September 2003, back before online job searches were the mm-hmm. thing. So I spent one Sunday afternoon that September on the the floor of my townhouse living room with the Washington Post mega jobs section. <laughs> and, you know, the IT, uh, I'm gesturing with my hands, the IT section was however many inches thick. And mm-hmm. I went through that thing one page at a time reading every single ad and none of those IT jobs spoke to me. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw the healthcare section and I thought, well, maybe there's a job in there doing IT work for a hospital and they put it in healthcare instead of IT. So I grabbed the healthcare section and I flipped one page in and I flipped two pages in. And as I turned that, the page that second time, my eyes landed on a, a photo ad for a massage therapy school. And it's like the stereotype you would expect with this <laughs> zoomed in on one person's hands on top of oh. another person's back. Yes. And I looked at that 
And from somewhere in the core of my being, like really a supernatural experience, Mm -hmm. I looked at that and I said, that's what I need to be doing. Wow. And the crazy thing about it that I didn't even, it didn't occur to me until I was two months into the school that I went to. Mm -hmm. um, It was a really ridiculous decision for me to make if I had tried to rationalize it because I had personal space issues and I didn't really like touching people. And so if it had ever been a decision I had thought about, I totally wouldn't have done it. But it was a moment of divine guidance or divine intervention where like there was no, there was no saying no to this. The momentum of it was so strong that it sent me on the search for the right school. And it eventually even got me to quit my job. Like I tried to do school and job at the same time. And with every week I spent in school, my skin would crawl while I was at work. Like it, yeah. it got harder and harder to be yeah. in my job. And so f- finally I talked to my husband at the time and we figured out that we could afford for me to not work. Yeah. So I quit my job. I went to school full time during the day instead mm-hmm. of night classes. And it was the best, best thing I ever could have done. That's so it was such a rich experience. I actually mm-hmm. graduated on time. Whereas most of the people who were in the evening classes, they still yeah. had so many credits and requirements they yeah. had to fulfill after we walked at the end of the year. Wow. Yeah. So that put you on the path. That put me on the path. Change and Yep. So th- so thing. that's how I made the leap from in between the two worlds. Yeah. And then while I was in massage school, um one of my classmates was a Reiki ma- Reiki master. Okay. Um, at that time, back in what, 2004, yeah. Reiki wasn't formally taught anywhere. It was something you actually yeah. went to classes in people's living rooms, and it was passed down oh. from one person to yeah. the next. And so this classmate talked to us about Reiki and said, hey, I'll teach a class if you guys want to come over one Sunday. Wow. And what what convinced me or or inspired me to learn it wasn't mm-hmm. like she tried to present the science of reiki and yeah. prove that it was real for me it was the passion with mm-hmm. which she talked about it that i was like okay mm-hmm. there's something to this because look how it moves mm-hmm. her and that's why i said yes to my first energy healing class mm-hmm. very cool yeah and now i'm thirsty <laughs> now you're thirsty me too so that is quite the journey and I love what you said about like seeing the massage therapy school and doing that and how it made no sense. So when that happened, other than, I mean, you said that it was definitely like divine intervention or um, a spirit, you know, I forget your exact words, but did was there any point in time between seeing it, hey, I'm going to do that and then applying it where you had the doubt? Or was it so clear? It was such a clear desire. It took over me. Wow. So it didn't feel like an outside calling. It yeah. felt like I want to do this. Wow. That's how strongly spirit was moving me. That's so cool. So what have you, this might be a op- open-ended, another open-ended question, but you've gone, so on, you've gone on this journey, not only, you know, work-wise or, and then beliefs and all this, what are a couple things you'd say you've learned along the way? That could be very open-ended. So Mm. what have I learned along the way? Um, (laughs) Again, how many hours do you have? So many, I know. So off the top of your head. uh, Just trusting the first thing that comes to mind. Um, I learned 
how much our childhood mm. affects who we are as adults. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in my, in, in my case, I was telling the story this morning. Well, I didn't tell the story, but I referenced yeah. uh, when, in our networking meeting this morning that I had challenges in, in my uh, in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother, she had problems of her own. She mm. she had her inner demons yeah. that um, she took out on me. It, it, she she her erratic behavior, mood swings, screaming at me. Uh, hitting me. Mm. Uh, and what's interesting about that is I didn't, I never thought of myself as an abused child mm. because of course each child has their own experience. They're yeah. not aware of what's yeah. normal and yeah, what's not. Yeah, you don't not. know it's different. It was really yeah. when I got to college and we were, I was in that social justice. Oh, and the, This is just clicking for me right now as we're sitting here that it was wow. in those social justice classes when we started talking about child abuse. That was wow. the first time I ever realized, wait, that's me. That's what I experienced growing up. Now, are there people, are there children who have had it worse than I did? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I had my experience. and But I read something recently, and, I, and I'm going to totally screw it up, and so I shouldn't even mention it probably, but it was about that our pain is not like measured against other people's pain. Right. Right. So it's like that doesn't change the trauma just because other people have had what we call worse trauma. And yes, I mean, there is horrible, horrible trauma, but it's relative. It's to you, you know, yeah, that's, it doesn't exactly. take away your trauma. Exactly. And, and uh, now I know, I mean, this is, this is what sent me down the path of this whole mindset mm-hmm. healing stuff because um, I didn't even, I mean, I'm like, did I, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, at what point did I start to realize how miserable I was? Um, That you needed a change. That I needed a change, that it was really like, I'm no longer tolerating this misery anymore. And I think it might have been when I started my business and there was a Mm. tangible way that the misery was getting in the way. Yeah. And there's nothing you can, you can't blame it on anything else. Right. Because you're the only one. In your business. Right. And, and the other thing That's about working for yourself is there's no, like when, when you're working in, in really for anyone else, there's always yeah. someone you're accountable to where it's like, okay, I can motivate myself to do what I don't feel like doing because so-and-so is going to get mad mm. or and fire me yeah, or you're, whatever. You're motivated by those external yeah. factors. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And then when you work for yourself, it's it's a blessing and a curse. Uh-huh. It's like, hey, I get to decide what I work on and when, but I have to decide what yes. I work on and when and actually follow through on it. That's um, for me when I was doing uh, Mary Kay full time. Hopefully I'm allowed to say that. I don't know. How this <laughs> Are whole, they a sponsor? I don't know. Like They might know. They would probably definitely not want to. But, um, but I loved it and I loved it for many reasons. But I always joke that I was like the worst boss though. Because I loved the flexibility so much and I gave myself so much flexibility. But one of the best advices I got from one of my mentors, friends and whatnot, but she, um, it was at the time where I was like, oh, I want to earn the pink Cadillac, you know, and I had was moving up and doing stuff. But then Jeremy and I, my husband and I started dating and I would drive down to Virginia. We would see each other every other weekend and I, he would come up at like Friday night to Sunday afternoon because, you know, Mm -hmm. he had to work. Yeah. And yeah, I had to work too, but I would go like Thursday to Monday because I could. And yeah. I remember sitting down and she was like, you can't – She's no, she said, you need to stop saying you want the pink Cadillac. 
And uh, when I first yeah. heard it, I was like, oh, what? But she said, your actions are not, and it's not bad, but you need to be like honest with yourself because you keep setting yourself up for disaster saying that's what you want. I mean, if it was, it was a much bigger conversation, yeah. but what we eventually got to was that you're right. No, my priority was I wanted to invest in this relationship and this, that wasn't where my focus was right now. And so to stop saying that, cause I was investing all this mental energy into wanting it. Yeah. And then it just continued the feelings of the guilt and shame, kind of like we talked about before yeah. of like, but then, well, I didn't even really, if I peeled back the layers, I didn't even really want that. Yeah. So. I mean, what the question that's popping in my head is, would a pink Cadillac be something you would want if it's not what was being dangled as the carrot? Um, Like, would you want a pink car? No, but, but that's, so that's a good question. But I would say, well, no, but a free car, yes. I thought I wanted that level of career, the career. Yeah. So it wasn't about the pink. That that was just uh, – even at the time I said I didn't care about it. Like I honestly didn't care about that. It was the – it was that career mm-hmm. point, that success point, that productivity point and whatnot. And so – but it, when it wasn't even about that, I really didn't want that career point. I really didn't want that much responsibility, that much – to put that much into my business. I wanted to take advantage of – the flexibility and the smaller income to be able, because I wanted to have a good relationship, you know, and like be able to take advantage of that face-to-face time and, you know, change and growth. But that for me was like a nice, like aha moment of, oh, but had I not been working to my, for myself, you know, I always think, what, what, where would I be had I not been doing that? You know, how things would have unfolded, you know, but anyway, anyway. So interesting. Yeah. So So you said, so I asked, what are things you've learned along the way? How much our childhood affects us? Yeah. So before I ask this, before we go on to another thing, I want to say, okay, what do we do about it then? So if we're effed up from our childhood, (laughs) um, because I know the story doesn't end there because you're living proof. Yeah. And so... You know, like you said, we could have a whole other thing, which I'm sure we'll have to do more. Um, but just what's the what's the hope that you can give for, you know, being uh, traumatized is not the end of the story? Well, certainly my way that I was led to to deal mm-hmm. with this was using energy healing. Mm-hmm. Um, because and so what that means, I was shown that we hang we hang on to our traumatic experiences mm-hmm. in our energy and in our minds we we trap emotions in our minds in our bodies um and so there needs to be a way if we if we want to let the past go we have mm-hmm. to literally let the past go from our bodies we are hanging mm-hmm. on to the past in our bodies and how do we let that go through energy healing well, you 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 book a queen a big... get acquainted session with me. <laughs> yeah, but um... but just to perk even you know one if people want to, but also just to wrap their mind around it. Right, like that's kind of how, what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, I know, okay. I know that was not not really like a insert plug yeah. here. Sort oh, of and that's okay that you do no problem. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just like it's also my <gasps> that's my sense of humor. Is, oh, you know, I love it. I, I love it. Um, 
You are the queen of the world. I'm the queen world, of the world. So, I mean, hello. How dare you almost forget that? I heard that <laughs> oh, hesitation. Well, no, I didn't know if it was world or universe. That was that was the hesitation. <laughs> well, that's my next promotion. Yeah, see, there you go. You got it all in good time. You yeah. can't have it all at once. I'm waiting for the queen, current queen of the universe to kick the bucket and oh, then- Oh, well, and who then, is it? Dang. Well, if you don't know, then- you know, if you're obviously not in the in circle. Okay, so <laughs> like in circle. I was trying to think who I would want to put in there. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to, to promote anyone we want to hurry up and kick the bucket. Right, so you right, can take right. over. So I'm like, I can't throw anyone into that position. Um, okay, um, anyway, so, the, so how does this, how does the energy healing work for someone that is not familiar with? So like, how do you let it go? Is that kind of like the meditation that we've done, to, the guided meditation that we did kind of this morning? We had a meeting. Um, it is, and working. yet there's like there's a lot going on under the surface when I lead something like that. Yeah, that's my part of of like my role as the healer mm-hmm. is to become the clear connection to God, uh-huh. which, and, and, and I'm gesturing with up and down hands as if <laughs> yes. God is above us, yeah. but really God is everywhere. Yeah. God is already within us. Yeah. So it's not about like, you know, our language is insufficient for it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not about connecting with something that we are otherwise disconnected from. Mm. It's about, I am pract as the healer, I am practiced in my ability to push the human stuff out of the way and let God's love flow. So do you feel like you help people push that stuff aside? Maybe that's what you just said, but yes, take away the distractions. It's like step one of a session is me doing that for myself. And then step two is me connecting with the client. It used to be hands on. Yeah. um, But now like I can connect, I can connect with you right here sitting, sitting across the room. I can connect over a Zoom call with somebody who's in Norway, like, Yeah, it's because because God's love is everywhere, yeah. and so we can connect, use it to connect with anyone anywhere. So sometimes I get very insecure being around therapists and people like you. Now they're like, I can see you, and hello, my whole podcast is about I want people to be connected and to feel seen and to see yeah. others. So that is what I'm all about. Yes, but it's just I always have this like it's a joke, but it's kind of serious, like you can see me. <laughs> like I can't hide anything. That's why when I told the joke I had written in the Facebook group this morning, no, yesterday, about I say I work out for my health, but then I only get four minutes of credit on my Apple Watch. And I wonder what's the point of it all. And I shared it because it was funny, but I knew when I shared it. <laughs> I didn't know like for a fact, but fact you would comment. But I just, because you, you and I are very similar, like I see the humor in it. And actually what I wanted to type under it was, but I was like, oh, I'm going to save this for the podcast. Ooh, and I almost forgot. I started mm. to type, I rope him in with the humor and you like slide in with the the deep stuff. Like that's my, because that's kind of my thing is like, okay, let's joke. And, but I really do love the deep stuff. I love getting to the heart, peeling back the layers. So my approach a lot of times is, you know, funny. But like I said, when I write, when I wrote that, I was like, I know there's so much here. Yes, it's a joke, but like, there's more here. And then when you commented like that there was something about worth in there, I'm like, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're relying on the watch to, to assign your, like to recognize your worth. But it, I remember from you talking with Dawn, like you have an old Apple watch, right? That doesn't. Hers is, well, I think ours are the same generation. And she pointed out that maybe hers doesn't always work. But now I'm thinking maybe mine doesn't always work because I didn't get my credit. So. Yeah. But maybe that's my competitiveness. Like, I'm not really competitive, but I just, 
I want to get my what's mine, you know? Right. And and if you're so if you're using a watch to gauge your, you know, I'm yeah. saying your worthiness, but yeah. if you're using it to measure your workout activity, yeah. but it's not good at recognizing your workout activity yeah. because you did 30 minutes and it only recognized four. It's like, well, then it's just it's terrible at evaluating your worth. So why would that be your job? <laughs> why would that be? I know. Oh, see. That's why I love these reminders of just, you know, the things that you kind of know, but you need to be told and reminded. So, so as we wrap up, I love what you said about how important our childhood is. That is heavy stuff, but such good stuff. So any other just major aha moments you've had, like mind shifts, let's say. Yeah. God's got all of us. Mm. Whatever path we're on. Nobody's path is a mistake, even if they've chosen atheism. Mm -hmm. I have chosen to see that as there's a reason why that's the best thing for them. Mm. And so we can get all caught up as mm -hmm. as people do in who's right and who's wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's so much wasted energy mm. when the only thing I ever know is how God, God is talking to me and God is working with me. That's the only thing that's my business. Nice way to wrap it up. Yeah. Nice, happy, love feelings. All right. So our ending of every podcast. So any recommendations? Now, in the past, they've been books, but I was actually thinking that I wanted to throw in some curveballs. And your um, comment this morning at our networking meeting made me think of it about you said at night to help you go to sleep, you put on a favorite TV show, a favorite episode. Mm -hmm. So I thought I might start throwing in like, what are some favorite because, yes, I'm all about, like, we need to have spiritual growth and read and enhance and blah, blah, blah. But also sometimes you need to check out and watch a TV show. So what would be some of your favorite TV shows oh. or an episode that you pull up that you watch? Yeah. I, I, I don't know that. that my favorites are would be anything I would recommend to anything <laughs> else. I am a lifelong – well, life, not lifelong. I – I'm a fan of Family Guy from its <laughs> – the beginning of its life. And, you know, when I was talking this morning, so what I was saying this morning is how yeah. I fall to fall asleep is mm -hmm. I actually use my electronics yeah. and I pull up an episode. You're of a rule breaker. My, I am. All the rules I'm are no electronics. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. then that's what I have to do. Yes. You're like, <laughs> then I'm leaning into it. Yeah. Um, I have a couple episodes of Family Guy that I have watched so many times and I know so well. Mm -hmm. That what I realized what happens is I start that episode and my mind like it just knows it just knows yep. so it's enough to keep my attention mm. but not so much like it's not so interesting to me yeah. that it's going to keep me awake so it keeps because without that I'd never fall asleep I my mind yeah. would just chatter on and on so I was surprised that you didn't say like guided meditation because I listen <laughs> to a guided meditation beach app and I go to the beach and fall asleep my my mind would chatter right through that guided meditation that is so funny so once this is why i love talking and getting to know people because i would have thought oh the energy healer definitely listens to a guided meditation i love that like you are listening to family guy and all of the inappropriate jokes and yes i yes. love inappropriate jokes yes. i because because it's about breaking taboos and and it's also sometimes a check-in, like, wait a minute, why did I find that funny? Like, pa Family Guy has a recurring character who is a pedophile. Oh, god! And there are moments where I'm like, why is this funny? Yeah. Oh, it's so wrong. Yeah. But But also, but then people talk about it. That's why I love comedy, though. Yeah. And that's been my struggle with comedy is 
I, in private and now on the podcast, a little more public, talk about real stuff. But then I love like, I mean, hello, it started with, a, you know, pooping my pants. Like, but that's not really what I'm about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, people. I will hear all your stories about that. But um, but I realized that for me, comedy is a way to break the ice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that with all those uh, controversial, especially the cartoon ones, Simpsons, yeah, because um, they can get away with so much more because it's yeah. animated. And, but then, like I said, you sit here having a conversation about something that you wouldn't, you know? Because if it was real, it's just too, too yeah. real. So anyway, so, okay, Family Guy. Huh, I wouldn't yeah. have seen that one come in and I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> like, I love that you said that. That's a great. Any other recommendations off the top of your head that you would, that are beneficial to you? Any TV shows you're watching or... Uh, any mindless things that you do to turn off your mind? Oh, um, because you said earlier, we were like, we don't talk about the weather. We don't talk about this. And I'm asking you, what TV shows do you watch? Right, right. (laughs) It's the exact opposite of everything we talked about. Well, you know, it's, this is one of those, I have, I, things that made me look at why do I do what I do? Because I got sucked into watching all 20 seasons of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. So... Uh, the episode that just came out with Kathleen, Jerry Orbach, which he was not in SVU though. He lived next door to, um, her at the time boyfriend or fiance. He was in the same building. Mm-hmm. And I had said that was just, I was coming off my law and order binge. Cause when I was in college, I would go to sleep to law and order. And so when you mentioned today about family guy, mm. I every night watch law and order SVU and I had to stop because I lived alone and I would call my mom and say things like, Mom, if I go missing, make sure to, you know, check for DNA evidence. Because I was like always thinking about that. And I kind of needed to step back a little bit from that. Because it kind of got in my brain a little bit. So you watched all 20 seasons? Um, I guess technically 19. Because I I went to watch uh, 20 and it's not free on Amazon Prime yet. (laughs) So, and I realized what I was, because what I was doing, I had asked myself, is this because I'm, I'm attracted to the drama of it? Yeah. Um, I finally realized it was practice for me um, in the sense that you know, most of the people, most of the spiritual people that I'm surrounded by would say, well, that's negative energy. You yeah. shouldn't be you know, suck, get, letting yourself get sucked into that. But the world is full of negative energy. Mm-hmm. We cannot protect ourselves from it all 24 mm. 7 and we really shouldn't be i've realized mm. in the last couple of years that the goal is to be able to be the calm in the middle of the chaos yes the goal is to be able to be anchored in love mm-hmm. no matter who's around you so that so that like jesus we can go out among people who haven't mm-hmm. found their path to love yet and 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 mm. share that with them let them mm-hmm. vibrate off of that mm-hmm. for for a little while um, hmm. to have that positive influence on yeah. the world. And if we try to shield ourselves from it all the time, then we can't do that. So watching 19 years worth of yes. Law & Order oh in the course gosh. of two and a half months gave me a lot of... <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Do the math on that one? <laughs> I said I binge. You don't, you don't sleep, I bet. Are you like a, someone who, who, focus, who can handle a little sleep or do you need a lot? Oh, I sleep a lot. You do? But I, I work on my business and I sleep oh. and I watch TV. Like, that's what my life has been for, like, most of this year. Nothing wrong with that. That is... Yeah. 
where you were at. That's great. And uh, yeah, so it, again, in watching all 19 years worth of, of law, law and order special victims unit, I practiced yeah. being able to witness really horrific things yes. and yes. not let it affect how I feel or to notice, oh, this is affecting me. How do I come back into that happy space? And it sounds really weird to say, yeah. I, I want to be able to watch somebody getting raped and still feel full of joy like that. Yeah. That doesn't compute for most people. But if you can do that, then you but can be around story. someone who's having a bad day. But that's you know? the thing. That's about hearing someone's story, though. Like, that that's the kind of stuff that happens to people. People, yeah. ex- And so I like what you said about, oh, don't be around negative energy. But negative stuff happens in this world. And for me, I'm just a big believer in sitting in the ashes with people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you kind of know that stuff happens, right? then I feel like you can sit in it. Because um, – when I was preparing for the talk I gave this morning about vulnerability and shame and whatnot, um, Brene Brown talked about the people not to share your story with mm-hmm. and um, and not just the little things, but the real deep hurts. And, uh, you know, it just included like one of them that I remember stuck out was people that feel shame for you yeah, and people who um, question how you could let it happen and um, people who are disappointed in you. And it's just, it, it goes through this whole thing and, not only is it helpful because it's, oh, I want to make sure not to tell my story with people like that, but it's also, dang, I don't want to be someone who does that if someone shares their story with me. Yeah. And so I think that um, it's funny you, you mentioned Law and Order because I had an aha moment when you were saying that because I watched Orange is the New Black like when it came out mm-hmm. and like the first season was like very, whoa, gosh, there's a lot TVMA on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I was like embarrassed to a certain degree that I watched it just because it was like a little like, whoa, I'm a little bit much. and But I loved it. Like the characters mm-hmm. just like these were all people that in my normal daily life and yeah, they're fictional, but they're based on just not even an actual person, but people. And I just remember it helped. I just remember kind of when I was really in the thick of watching it, these people that, wow, when you see more of their story, because it starts out, they're just in prison, but then each kind of person, they give um, flashbacks and kind of how they got there. Yeah. And it just changes your whole mindset with them. And I thought we can be such better friends, you know, parents spouses, all of that, the more I feel like exposure you have to different people's life experiences, that way when they do share it with you, like you said, you're you're able to stay that calm yeah. instead of it blowing your mind, you know, because you've never heard anything like that before. Right. It, you need to be able to sit in the ashes with someone without getting burned yourself. That's good. Oh, that's good. Oh, dang. Oh, well, on that note. Oh, gosh. Oh, you know what? Okay. So um, two things. I'm going to ask you the last question, which is what is the conversation you want to either start or and or stop having? But then per request of Natasha today, will you um, send us out with a nice breathing, meditation-y something to help close us off? Is that possible? Yes, I can keep I can make it short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's except I know so many people listen to this driving. But um, so maybe not like a total like, uh, you know, I've got the thing. We're good. Okay. See, I knew you would, but I just feel like we should end it on like a nice little thing. So, okay. So any conversations you want to start or stop having? Um, uh, Following through on on what I was saying a few minutes ago, um, 
I I want to, and I hope more people will join me in this. I want to stop having conversations about who's doing what wrong. You know, a lot more minding my own business. I like that. As a rule follower, like a, not on purpose, just kind of part of me, I think that I didn't ever worry about that too much with others. And then getting older, you kind of think, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? But then does that mean it's wrong? You know, there's always this constant wrong. So I really like that idea of not yeah. and, worrying about and that. And how much of the violence and the tension and the, the anger in this world is because Everybody is looking at what the other person is doing or the other country is doing or the other religion is doing and needing them to be right, wrong so that I can be right. Mm. So I I like what you just said there about needing them to be wrong so I can be right. Yeah. And we kind of – we talked a little – you know, we, we kind of said beforehand about maybe talking about this whole God thing and how that's kind of something that – we shy away from. And what I kind of realized, and you actually mentioned it with your journey, is that I want to be, you know, uh, I don't know what the word is, confident, whatever, in my faith. And that means being able to talk about different faiths, different beliefs. And same with raising our kids, you know what I mean? Raising them that not sheltered so that when they get out into the world, it's suddenly like their mind is blown. Yeah. Um, but having them exposed to the world, you know, um, right. you know, like I said, still like having, you know, at least for myself, having my core and, and kind of guiding that maybe, but not being afraid. I just feel like I'm trying to get away my, myself. I don't mean to <laughs> insert myself in your answer, but because we're kind of, you know, on this journey that I just really like that about not worrying about people being wrong. Yeah. I think leaning into people more. And on what you just said about faith, my two cents on that, which might mm -hmm. piss off some of your audience, is that true and complete faith is not threatened by mm -hmm. outside ideas. No, 100. I, and I would say that if it, if that does frustrate someone, that to me, if I, if that were to, it's like, if that makes me uncomfortable, which it's not at this moment, but if it did, I go back to Gretchen's comment. Like if it rattles you, then it resonates, you know? Yeah. And I think that for me, you know, I said before, like, okay, well, I want to talk about God and, um, you know, I just, I feel like, well, I don't want to get too theological because that would make me nervous. But I think there's also this, um, that, that feeling of if we talk about this too much, uh, I don't want it to rattle, you know? mine. And I think that over the years, I've come to that realization that, wait a second, if talking about stuff were to rattle my faith, then like, I got to work on yeah my faith. So yeah. I want to lean into being able to talk about, you know, have more of the difficult conversations, uncomfortable conversations. And, yeah. but I love what you said about worrying about other people being wrong. Because then we never get to see what, what we have in common mm -hmm. and what we don't get to see what's right about what the other person's doing. Yes. But either way, it's really not even our business. Yeah. But that's why, I mean, with the pie, like, that's why I appreciate you coming and sharing because we are all, like you said, you said it much nicer earlier, but about we, we all have the same goal. Yeah. And uh, I think we're missing out. And like I said, if I believe that God created everyone, and he didn't want us to be with everyone. Like, or at least that's my belief, yeah. you know? So like, 
why would we not lean into each other? So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. I know. I enjoyed it. So why don't you send us off? Okay. Somehow, I don't know. I'm just going to put the ball in your court. Okay. It's going to be very short and sweet, but very uh, comforting uh, and grounding. So um, assuming that if you're hearing my voice right now, you are uh, in a place where it is safe for you to close your eyes. So not if you're driving a car, not if your kids are talking to you right now, (laughs) but if you can close your eyes and take three deep cleansing breaths. And as your breathing returns to whatever pace is natural for you right now, let your next breath drop down into your heart space. Noticing how instantly tension begins to leave your body. And let your next breath drop down into your belly. And let your next breath drop as far down your spine as it feels comfortable to go right now. And then just stay in this place as long as you'd like to, breathing at a natural pace, giving thanks to your body and your mind and your spirit. And then moving forward with whatever's coming next in your day, completely relaxed and at home right here where you are. And I have loved watching watching you guys put this together and oh, taking you. it step by step, you know, like when you're trying to get it onto all the different platforms. And I was like, hey, you know, how about Google Play? Thank you for that. And, you know, oh, you were Google Play. Yes. Oh, okay. So he, he, he's not on Facebook. So I go back and I'm like, Christina just said we need to be on Google Play. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like five minutes later, you let come me, back and Let me look up start. how to do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so I have a question for you because I don't know the answer to this. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I don't know what you think. I don't know what my answer is to this. Mm. Do you see me as an extrovert or an introvert? That's a good question. Well, you're an anomaly. You are not an anomaly. I don't. I have to. I'm I'm a rule breaker, so I don't. You're a rule breaker, and like, like I said in the podcast. 
You listen to Family Guy? No, you listen to Guided Peaceful Healing. Fuck no. Like, so that's why, um, so, so I don't base introvert extrovert at its, at its, and core sounds too deep of a word, but the way I simplify it is do you get energy from people, but at the end, do you feel drained or do you feel filled? And so for myself, yes, I'm an extrovert, but I also realized my life, I've, I have a lot of downtime, so I can only be as go, go, go because I have so much quiet time. Um, but my needs for social interaction, but genuine social interaction Mm -hmm. is higher than introverts. So that's why I think I'm still on the extrovert side. So for you... I, it's a tough call because you like connecting with people and there's a part of me that thinks that connecting with people brings you energy because you want to have that genuine connection. So I think that you could fall on the extrovert side from being lifted up from being with people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure it out about myself because because so much of my life, the first several decades, um, it was an experience of isolation. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel connected to anyone. And the connections that I had were, you know, filled with pain. So of Mm -hmm. course, they weren't going to energize me, they were going to drain Mm me. Um, And I just got accustomed to being alone. Mm -hmm. That's what felt safest. Mm -hmm. But it was like a false, it was like a false introversion, or a forced introversion. And what I'm finding now is, yeah, I love connecting with people. And if they, if they, if it's an energy where it's like, it's a give and take in balance, like you and I, we could keep talking for five more hours and I'd be like, give me more, give me more. Yes. But there are other people where, like I went to a potluck dinner the other night and it was, first of all, it was like, I don't know, a couple, two or three dozen people in one house. So it was, there was a lot of energy in there and I was empathing everybody. What did you bring? (laughs) Um, I, what did I bring? I went to Wegmans and I bought barbecue pork. And because I love dessert, I also grabbed some rainbow chip cookies. And have you ever Mm. had the Wegmans cannoli? We're getting off topic, but the Wegmans cannoli dip. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Now just, do you like, I think they sell just the, just the dip. Do you buy just the dip or do you get it with the Well, I don't ever buy anything. There's a couple friends with that when we get together, like one in particular, that's like her thing to bring. With close friends, that's what I bring. Oh, this, this was a bigger group. Yeah, because that's pricey too. Yeah. But anyway, so, okay. <laughs> anyway. Back to the dinner party. So, um, <laughs> now I'm like thinking I about got there dinner. at mm-hmm. 7 and by 8.30, I was drained. And, and I, you know, when I look back on that, uh, I know a lot of it was because because of the conversations people mm-hmm. tend to get into, you know, mm-hmm. like let's let's connect by commiserating with, the, you mm-hmm. know, through sharing the pain of how miserable work is or yeah. or, yeah, you know, you had that terrible thing happen. I did, too. Yeah. Now we're connected. I just think that being in the entrepreneurial world, like you just meet a lot of people that are kind of open to having a lot more of the peel back the layers conversations. And so, yeah, I've, um, I'm trying to think what words I usually use to say this. Uh, the, I've 
I've often espoused the, is that the word espoused? I've talked about how a word. it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> is it the one that belongs there? Who knows? Uh, that's the other thing I get nervous about recording is because I say a lot of words that yeah. and then I'm like, I don't know if they're real or not. So anyway, the, um, the entrepreneurial path is the, mm-hmm. it's the best path for personal development. It's the one that makes you look at who you are. And so if you're going to go anywhere with it, you get comfortable really fast at looking, you know, at, at having yeah. the deep conversations and yes. looking at yourself and, and having some level of vulnerability. Yes. Uh, and, and I say some level, there's like an asterisk on that because yeah. I was thinking today about, um, what I call controlled vulnerability. Have you heard calculated vulnerability? Say, yeah, probably. I the almost same thing. was going to throw that out today, but I was like, there's so many tangents. I was like trying yeah. to not get too crazy, but. So, so what I'm, so to make sure we're talking about the yeah. same thing, that the idea of, okay, well, I've got this part of my life worked out. And so I'll let you see that mm-hmm. not only because it's prepared and I know it's mm-hmm. safe to talk about, but because it's also a misdirection mm-hmm. that has you looking over here instead of looking at this part of my life that's still totally fucked up. And so real vulnerability is the willingness to let people see the fucked up stuff, Mm -hmm. or at least not having the fear Mm -hmm. that some of that might be seen in the periphery while you're sharing what you're ready to share. Yes. So I thought about that because I was my pastor who I love and love, I'm having conversations with him because he just, I just appreciate him. But we talked about that because he was telling me that someone had brought up that term to him, calculated vulnerability. And um, I thought that was so good because that's, I think, what we do with groups. And so what I was kind of trying to touch on today was because Brene Brown says how you only have one, maybe two. And then Oprah is when she's talking to Oprah. Cause, or she said one and Oprah said maybe you have two or three, but she said Renee calls them the move the body friends, like the people you can call up and say, like, I, I fucked up. Like I said something horrible, like sit with me in the shame and then let's work it out, you know? Yeah. And that's the kind of thing where with today, okay, I, my, cause I kind of thought like, well, what's my goal? Cause I was, I was just stressed about the order and what to share. I was just having a hard time. And so I kind of cleared my mind and it was, I want people to walk, like if they just walk out inspired to share something to help them continue on their journey, then like that's kind of, you know, so instead of putting the pressure on that, I need to share this amazing information that's going to change their life or, you know, should I share about me? How much, how little, you know, that was kind of my end goal, but I touched upon the safe people and things like that. And because my point, like I said, I would need to, I need to go through this presentation and tighten it up and have it improve it. But yeah, you're not going to stand up in front of a group of 30 women and share your shit. Like, you know, but when you're with one person that's a trusted person, like share, go to those places. Yeah. But that's like why I kind of touched on my poop story, mm-hmm. that that's my calculated vulnerability. That's yes. my... Hey, oh my gosh, I'm so vulnerable. Because there's been so many times I've told that, oh, how would you ever say that? And I'm like, I realize that I'm like, this isn't me being vulnerable. Like, right. Same as me talking about me and my mother. Yeah. I have talked about that enough times where every once in a while I'll go somewhere in within the story that's like, ooh, oh. I, I haven't tapped into that before. But most of the time I can talk about it as easily as I talk about, you know, the weather or whatever or what happened on Family Guy last night. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. 
And that's why I think um, when Brene said you only have a, a couple people to like really, really do that with. But it's amazing how many people don't, myself included, there's parts, all of us that we don't want to share, you know. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by twinmusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, MM Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.